Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Off and running to our third and final hour here of Tiger Tailgating. Yes. In front of the Athletic Administration Building on the campus of LSU and North Stadium Drive is where you can find us for the next hour, and then we'll hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network for their pregame coverage as well with Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers. Joining us this, this hour, Sam Spiegelman, TigerDetails.com, at Sam Spiegs on Twitter. We're going to visit with TigerDetails.com throughout the LSU football season. Mm-hmm. Uh, every hour during our pregame show. Sam, great to have you, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. You bet. So I'm sure. looking at your site right now, Tiger, TigerDetails.com, and then you, you brought up the visitors list for today, LSU and Ole Miss, and these are recruits that are coming uh, to watch this game for LSU. These And one of the guys on the list, Derek Stingley, and I asked you off the air, I was like, how good is that guy? And I'll let you go ahead and just take it from there. Dude is a dude. It's as simple as that. I mean, five-star, number one in the country for, for rivals. And it's a kid that week in and week out proves that ranking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think four games out of five in a row, he's had a special teams touchdown, a yep. kick return or a punt <laughs> return for a touchdown. He looks like a man playing against 11 boys out there. And, you know, he's he well, he's well coached by Coach Weiner at Dunham. He's got really great athletes around him. But still, he shines the brightest. He's a five-star cornerback. I think in the in week one against Central, um, I had spoken to a couple members of their coaching staff. They were planning to have two or three guys cover him um, at wide receiver. He still broke broke free. Yeah. They weren't going to throw at him. He had a pick six in the fourth quarter yeah. and a game-sealing interception. They haven't thrown at him since. So all of his damage is coming on offense and special teams. He's scoring two or three touchdowns week in and week out, no matter how many guys he's going against or, or covering. And you told me he's the biggest recruit in this state since Leonard Fournette? Easily. Could yeah, he, could he? Yeah. Could he? When he steps on campus, because you told me he's he's verbally committed, but you told me he he's coming here. Mm-hmm. Like there's no no way. No he question. Goes well, he he was committed once before, correct? And then he decommitted, and then he recommitted, correct? And, and and check this. This is about the maturity of a you know 16, 15 year old kid at the time. Obviously, his first Power Five offer for, came from LSU camping uh, before his freshman year, I believe. Got yep. his offer, committed to Corey Raymond on the spot and Les Miles. He decommitted. Um, after, you know, the Georgias, Alabamas, mm-hmm. Auburns, Floridas, Florida States of yep. the world because he felt like he was being, he was doing a disservice to LSU by visiting other campuses as a sophomore in high school and he felt like he was being unloyal. So he went and looked at all the colleges across the country. He narrowed it down to Texas, Florida, and LSU and he, he started visiting again, uh, you know, leading into his junior year. You know, he went there on his birthday for an unofficial visit, went to a couple of camps, always camped at LSU camp when Dunham did the seven-on-seven tournaments, realized this was where he fit in best. Yep. You see that, obviously, Greedy is probably going to go to the NFL after this year. There's a chance for him to earn a starting job as a true freshman. Everything lined up. He's a kid from Baton Rouge. He lives 10 minutes away. It worked out perfectly, and now he will be at every home game, including tonight's game against Ole Miss. He's done with his official visits. He went to Florida and Texas. He did that in the spring, got it knocked out. He's perfectly content with LSU. He's excited about the future, and now yep. he's serving as kind of a, a class recruiter, class captain for, for LSU. You know what's, 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 what's unique about his story is his grandfather and his father both played in the NFL. And, and these guys are, I mean, just tre- a tremendous athletic, you know, family. Um, and his, his dad and his mom are integral in his decision-making process. With that being said, 
do is that something unique to the recruiting uh of, you know the, i guess to kids who are trying to be recruited by by, by big you know schools like lsu yeah i think having his dad involved and his mom um his dad has taken an involved approach but in a really you know a standoffish kind of yeah way. like he'll yeah. he'll when, when when little sting asks his dad for advice he'll he'll be fair and he'll be honest um, but he's, he doesn't he didn't push him to any schools. He right. allowed him to visit everywhere he wanted to. Mm-hmm. They paid for trips all over the country. Like I said, he has offers from everyone in the yep. country. Yep. Um, but they, they sat down after each trip, and they, they weighed each option. They, they talked about the pluses, the minuses, and it eventually all, all roads led back to LSU. And, mm-hmm. But his dad, as a, as a coach and a former athlete, was so great. That's why he's such a good prospect. His dad as a coach at Dunham. Mm-hmm. He gets to train with him privately. He works with Ryan Clark over at Traction. Um, with the DB precision aspect, he is so technically proficient. And paired with the six foot one, 190 pounds, the absurd athleticism to play either side of the ball, play on special teams, and and then having a dad as a coach, yep. his grandfather obviously a legendary athlete. It all just kind of came together in this product. It's like I like to compare him to Ivan Drago. He was made in a laboratory yeah. <laughs> because that's how amazing he is. And that's what he looks like when you yep. see him. You're hearing you're hearing comparisons are are statements that. He could end up having a better career than Patrick Peterson here. And that that's the person he looks up to. Um, he has, I believe, 26 career interceptions at Dunham. And he's <laughs> we're, we're, we're five games in. He has right. he has two already this season. He had 11 last year in as many games. He had basically an interception every single game, including mm-hmm. one playoff game. They're 5-0 and right now. He has a chance, if someone makes the mistake of throwing at him, to finish with 30 career interceptions in a high school career. Uh, many of those return for touchdowns, and the fact is that they're going to line him up to at safety, not just a corner where you can avoid him, and he's going to end up with 30 interceptions, and he, he finds ways to get involved even when teams try to avoid him, and it says a lot about a DB. Yeah. Looking Going through this list, you got Devontae Lee as well. I'm going through a couple of uh, interesting uh, players, five-star guys first. Though. Trey Palmer as well out of Kentwood. He's a verbal commit to LSU. Um, athlete, what do, what do you know about Trey Palmer? What he's he's going to play wide receiver for LSU, and, and he's their lone wide receiver in 2019. They'll probably end up with, with two of them uh, for 2019. Obviously, they loaded up with guys like Terrace and, and Jamar Chase last yeah. year. They're going to go light, but we, we gave Trey a five-star ranking because he can play both sides of the ball if he wanted to. He is a freak athlete. Um, I expect him to compete for, for time in the slot next year. Is he, so he's a shifty guy. I oh, see he's yeah. 6'1", so he's not Explosive. that 6'4". I got you. Explosive playmaker. We talked off the air about where, how could you spark LSU on special teams. So he's one. Get the ball to Trey Palmer and just let him do work. I mean, he could, he could be an instant impact on special teams right away. George Pickens is also on this list, a five-star wide receiver from Hoover, Alabama, 6'4", 190. Verbally committed to Auburn, as you guys point out on TigerDetails.com. How much of a chance do they have to flip him? I wouldn't say a great chance. This is his first ever visit to LSU. Um, he got offered in the spring in the hopes that he would come for a junior day visit. Um, obviously, being in the state of Alabama, he's, he's been committed to Auburn for two or two years already. He's visited other schools as he's going to visit LSU today, and we'll see if he actually winds up making the trip. But I would say he's locked in with Auburn, and if any team had a chance to flip him, you'd probably lean on Alabama over a school like LSU. But LSU, you, looked, you showed the guy at the beginning – Devontae Lee is at the top top pecking order for wide receiver, an in-state guy from Amit. Right behind him would be a guy like George Pickens, who's obviously another big physical playmaker. Now, Ishmael Softner, is he still at Amit? Is he, where, is he, where is he right now in, in the recruiting process? Nobody knows? He's, he's taking things very slow, and he's, he's being very quiet and taking very calculated approach. 
Um, he visited Auburn for the LSU game, and he was very impressed with LSU. Obviously, up front, um, what they did against Auburn in that game and, and dominated in the trenches. Um, they got a really positive reaction from him that Sunday night during what they call a power hour, where they call their top recruits. And listen, Sopcher, you know, from from the outside looking in, really high on LSU, really high on Alabama, really high on Texas A&M, and the fact that LSU has an offer out to his brother Rodney, who's at the JUCO level, the chance that's the only opportunity that they both share is to go home to LSU, 40 minutes away from their family, and they yep. meet. Yep. It looks good for the Tigers as uh, as October pro- approaches. You know that that makes a huge difference. Is you know. It, proximity to the school versus where you live and oh and you know and, and they and meet, family you know family and they meet and they were you know i mean those people bleed purple and gold right. everywhere in the state so that's that's that's, that's big time for lsu i think and what's, what's what's always struck me about ishmael and i've known him since he was a freshman um at a meet and he's so family oriented you talk to his coaches you, I, I speak to his dad his dad did every practice every game they don't miss a, a team you. barbecue um he he loves his mom and dad yep. um they, the whole family drives to all these camps and, and whatnot, um, and, and, and Rodney included. Rodney was getting recruited out of A-Meet as a senior. He was in Devontae Smith's class. We know what happened with Devontae. And Ed was the area recruiter for the parish at the time, got a really great relationship with Rodney, and they wound up offering because, you know, you still see a six foot two, 280-pound kid, Juco kid that can come in and add depth to the defensive line. And, you know, Alabama and Texas A&M have 22, 23 24 commits in their class they're almost at their cap lsu is 19 with six spots to go you could bring in the sopster brothers and family first for them yeah and they could go play college together which is something they've, they've dreamed about since they were five six years old does lsu have a top running back that they're looking at right now i mean cause, i mean you know i mean you know we're looking for that name do we have anybody that we're looking at well they got tyrian davis committed at a southern lab mm-hmm. four-star kid Rivals 250. I think he's going to wind up in the Rivals 100 when it's all said and is done. Is he that kid though? He is. He's six foot one, 227, 228 pounds. Runs a 4540. I think Thursday night he rushed for 210 yards and four touchdowns mm-hmm. uh, against Parkview Baptist. Um, the dude is a is like that SEC combination of, of size and speed, toughness. Um, you know, teams know that they can't throw the ball in Southern Lab this year. I hope we don't have a lot of Southern Lab listeners, but they can't. <laughs> the offense runs through Tyree and yeah. Cardell paving the way for him, okay. and he still can't be stopped. Awesome. Talking recruiting with Sam Spiegelman, TigerDetails.com, at Sam Spiegs on Twitter. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, Tiger tailgating on the campus of LSU Athletic Administration. Building is where you can find us. This is WWL. Sam Spiegelman, at Sam Spiegs on Twitter, joining us, TigerDetails.com. It is a subscription site, but it is worth it, especially if you're looking at recruiting. That's what we're focused on here in the uh, final hour, and the visitor list is up for LSU versus Ole Miss, and uh, that that part is free this week. And um, we talked about T.J. Finley during the break. I want to talk about him. He's a 2020 commit, uh, quarterback from Ponchatoula, six foot seven, 230 pounds. That's insane. <laughs> no, no typos. No typos. He's a big dude. Is he legit six seven? Easily. Because I'm a legit six one. I'm a legit 5'9". When I interview him, I'm looking two, two head lengths up. Yeah. I, I feel so yeah. small. <laughs> How tall are you? 5'11". Okay, so that's a, 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 well above. Well, you, you, what are you listed as? That's what we're, that's yeah. I'd be listed as 5'11". Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Oh, really? oh, I got no, I got. Oh, okay, oh, Sam, yeah. I got you. I got so you. Mandeville beat Ponchatoula last night uh, because they, they played keep away from T.J. Finley. Yeah, uh, from what I understand, hey, listen, Keep the ball out of his hands. Keep the ball out of Ty Spears' hands. The two-lane running back commit is shifty. Um, he's an electric playmaker and a top target for TJ in the passing game, the screen game. Hank Tierney does a great job of getting his receivers in a position to make plays. And 
as long as you can control the clock and keep it out of Finley's hands, you're going to be in a position to win because he's had a fantastic. He's averaging about 350 yards passing yep. a week. Um, we obviously know what he did with his nine touchdown performance a week two against Denham Springs. Yeah. I would keep the ball out of his hands. It's the only way to win, and they're in District 6-5A. I don't know how many teams would have the ability to do that, but I know that TJ, I spoke to him a little bit this morning, not pleased. I would expect one of those five, six, seven touchdown games next week. So TJ plays for Hank Tarrant, who's known for, uh, mm. you know, the triple option and that spread. kind of stuff. Wouldn't Not even not spread. I'm talking triple option, wishbone, whatever, okay. all this kind of Whatever. Yeah, at Shaw, that's where at Shaw. Yeah. So, and then he did yep. the same thing when he was at Ponchatoula initially. Was it TJ that turned that offense around? Yeah. Or did Hank actually see something different? For for a couple of years, uh, Hank has been saying uh, we're gonna we're gonna change our offense up, and we're okay. Hank, you've been doing this for how many decades, for and you're 60. running running the same offense and winning. Yeah. So why change it? He spoke very candidly about the talent that he has in T.J. Finley. Obviously, he's a four-star by us at Rivals, and we see it. Um, one coach told me during his nine-touchdown game against Denham that this dude is the next Peyton Manning coming out of Louisiana. Wow. That's not that's not something that people often just, just so throw around. So cerebrally, he's that way as well? We, we Jimmy and I went to Ponchatoula after that game just to watch film with him. We ended up not airing the piece for technical errors. Um Watching TJ break down the film is impressive, and I don't think a lot of quarterbacks in the state have that kind of football IQ, and that's why Hank was willing to to adapt to the talent he has. He has wide receivers. He has TJ Finley. He's got a two-lane committed running back, and they're making it work in a spread-style RPO system now because of the quarterback that they have behind center. Mm-hmm. So you guys have him 166 in the nation for 2020, eighth in the state. Why is he a four-star guy? He's a four-star guy. You look at the arm strength. I like yeah, he can sling it all over the yards, and he can sling it 60 yards, flick his wrist. He can also, he puts touch on the passes. I I watched him a lot in 7-on-7 seven seven with uh, with Ponchatoula over the summer. After he had committed to LSU, I wanted to get a better look at him so I could obviously describe him better. And the way he throws with touch in the red zone, he can place it in the back of the end zone with ease. It's very easy That's for him. That's important, too. And you, like we talked to a 6-7 guy. He can He can put some some gust on it but he's also able to tune it down which really impresses me he's not trying to drill it in there each time he puts it in a position where only his receivers can get it he develops that chemistry with the receivers that you want to see he takes that extra time after practice he shows a lot of those traits you want in a future franchise quarterback that tells me that he throws with anticipation yes very well well. about accuracy and he's improved on that because i've seen tj throw for the last three or so years and you see that i thought originally he'd be like a project quarterback but the, the difference from his sophomore year to his junior year was drastic because of that anticipation and, and learning his receivers and learning the system he's going to work in. So he's got another year of high school yep. before he goes to college. He's going to be 6'10 when he graduates. <laughs> I mean, like they, you know how they let juniors leave early for the, for the draft? Yeah, they, might, he, they might want to consider letting this guy, what, nine <laughs> touchdowns in and, and one game? I mean, it's, it's almost, it sounds like it's unfair. Do you think he'll be a five-star by your estimations next, next year? He could be. Um, you know, obviously, we have to see how he progresses to the rest of his junior year. He puts up those numbers. He's obviously going to warrant that kind of consideration. Yeah. I know his family is very eager for a fifth star, and, and deservedly so, and you think that you have a prodigy sort of talent. What does the fi- the fifth star do for you at this point, though, with, you know, him, it, with, him, with a guy like him? Let's call it that. With, with, a, with a quarterback, I think it's harder than any other position because you could look at a running back and you could say, five star, that guy can go to a college program and make an instant impact on the, not only his team, but in that conference that that teams are going to game plan for that five-star running back so you got to look at it the same way for your quarterback is that a guy who can 
step foot from Ponchatoula to Baton Rouge? Mm-hmm. And will he compete with Miles Brennan for and and Peter Parrish, who's their 2019 quarterback yep. commit, for the starting job? And I think right now you would say that T.J. Finley will do that. So I think he's going to be in consideration, especially as he con- continues to progress with his game. Tell me about Peter Parrish, another dual-threat quarterback uh, from Central, Phoenix City, Alabama. And he's a verbal commitment. You guys got him as a three-star, but he's a dual-threat guy, and he looks like a verbal commitment to LSU back in June. He committed to LSU at the elite camp. First day he showed up. Um, now, he had he had just torn up the Auburn camp. Um, it looked like Auburn was about to offer the, the in-state kid. He went to Florida State, killed the camp, earned a Florida State offer. Then he went to LSU. LSU did not offer after a camp performance in which he was running all over the yard throwing with accuracy and that's the biggest thing for coach Ensminger. i spoke to coach e right before camp season what's the most important thing for what you look for in your quarterbacks accuracy 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 i don't care if you can run or you sit back in the pocket you need to hit your targets and that's why joe burrow has the job right now peter parish on the move peter parish sitting back in the pocket delivers it on point left lsu without an offer and we're all kind of scratching our head they had no one committed all the offers were committed elsewhere drove through the night to knoxville they were getting out of their cars to go camp uh, for Tennessee. Coach e, Coach e and Coach O called Peter, offered him a scholarship. He committed on the spot, drove right back home to Phoenix City, Alabama. And I think they have a really good one. Now, he plays so for – So he didn't go to that Tennessee camp? He did not go. He's done. He's locked in. Let, let me tell you, let me ask you this. So is this guy a guy that can make a difference in the game by himself? Meaning not just – we're not just, you know, putting us in a safe play. Not No, none, none of that. I want to know if this guy drops back, something's breaking down – he can take it to the house from 80. Or is this the guy that's going to be 20 of 26 for 300 yards and five touchdowns in a game? So I would love to base it off a of senior film. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he has about eight quarters of senior film. He basically, Central Phoenix City is basically the U-High of Alabama. I got you. Where they're winning 60 to nothing each week. So, And they're very protective. I speak to their coach. I spoke to their co- his coach this morning. I speak to him every Saturday morning. They are very protective with him because they know that they're going to need him to win a state title. Um, but but last night it's it's something like ten of twelve for for two hundred yards and three touchdowns, and he's done for the for the game. Sam Spiegelman at Sam Spiegs on Twitter, TigerDetails.com. More with him next here on Tiger Tailgate and on WWL. All right, welcome back here, Tiger Tailgate and winding down. Jimmy Smith just uh just texted us. <laughs> Sam Spiegelman, our guest from TigerDetails.com. Yeah, stand I think up, Jimmy, Sam. Stand Jimmy, up. I, I, I think I think Sam is the tallest guy. No, he is seven. not. I got Sam by three inches. Uh, if he uh, says he's five eleven ish. I know I'm six, seven and a half. All right, so no, Jimmy. I'm about six, Herb, four. Herb Tyler is the tallest guy on the set. Thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy, Thank you. Uh, Jimmy, dealing with some sick, sick, uh, sick kid and in household, sick, sick girlfriend as well. So couldn't yeah. make it today. Sam's yeah. filling in for him. <laughs> At Sam Speaks on Twitter. Uh, so we're talking about recruiting. Let's focus to LSU tonight. Now we're getting some rain here. I think this impacts if that if that field gets soggy. It impacts uh, Ole Miss a lot more than it does LSU. I got a feeling, and I know we talk about it. Everyone talks about it. What, what are they going to do in the passing game each week, right? It's a focus. It has been for LSU for 10 years. This is the game where you assert your physical dominance in the trenches. Yep. They got a better offensive line. And they got – we saw it last week with not only Nick Brosette, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is coming on, and they're using him in a variety of, way, variety of ways from the Wildcat, just as a traditional tailback. This is a game where these field conditions are conducive to running the rock. And you could throw it all over the yard, but that's not going to win you these big SEC games. And what's more important, how you win it or just winning it? Yeah, I mean, we we know that Ole Miss, their 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 mo is, hey, we want to get the ball down the field. We want we want to yep. we want to spread you out, 
and, and put stress you vertically. And if it, if it continues to rain, which I don't think it will, that's advantage LSU already for the Tigers. When you look at this matchup, can it, what's the key? What do you, what do you, what, is it, is it the, the, the cornerbacks holding up against two future number one picks of Ole Miss? Was it Jordan Tamu? I think it's it's LSU's defensive line waking up. Um, they have they have some NFL guys on that defensive line, but they haven't. And th- this has been my concern since the Miami game is they haven't been able to generate pressure up front. And I don't know how much of it is because Calevon is missing from the edge, um, but you know that Andre Anthony and, and Ray Thornton and, and Michael Divinity can get pressure. Why isn't the, the defensive front, Rashard Lawrence, Glenn Logan, Braden Fajoko, generating enough pressure to make Tamu feel a little bit uncomfortable and make him make some errant throws? And you know that LSU's DBs are going to be ready. LSU's DBs can, can, can cover any set of wide receivers, whether it's Ole Miss's, NWO crew, or, or Texas A&M's, or Alabama's. But if there's, if there's no pressure and you give Tamu time, that's a troubling, that's a troubling aspect for me. NWO is nasty wideouts, in case you were wondering. That's what that's what Ole Miss has dubbed themselves, the NWO. Yeah, for good reason. And, and they're going to be nasty tonight and not do a thing. Watch, because we're going to tear them up. Greedy, um, 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 Christian Fulton, Terrence Alexander. These guys, I mean, it's going to be something nasty out there. Watch it. Then the, the field is going to help us, too, because it's wet and it's also grass. So it's, this is going to help us a little bit. Sam, is, is Grant Delpit on, on pace to – to be a similar to Jamal Adams in his career here at LSU? When when he was getting recruited, now, everyone wants to say that Grant Delpit's from Houston. That dude is from New Orleans, first of all. And I know if his, if his dad's listening, he's proud to, to hear that his kid's from New Orleans. They were, Corey, Did he move because of Katrina? Yeah, yeah he, was, Katrina. he was displaced by Katrina. Yeah. And they moved back to New Orleans when Grant started at LSU, which is right. a very cool story. They Corey recruited him to replace Jamal Adams, and he's done that seamlessly. They, they look... I watched the way Grant played against La Tech, and then I watched the New York Jets the next the next night or the next week, and they were used the same exact way, playing mm-hmm. at the line of scrimmage, the way they play against the run, the way they can cover from the nickel. They could drop back to free safety and play center field. Grant Delpit is the most important member of this defense right now, and I say that with a lot of confidence. Devin White is a superstar. Greedy Williams is a superstar. But when Grant Delpit was off the field for three series against La Tech, La Tech scored three touchdowns. Hey. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Already, they, how are they going to replace Caleb on Chason? You know, I think it's a committee approach. I think um, I think Andre Anthony can, can rush the passer as well as Caleb on. I think he struggles in other areas. Caleb on is a five-star player. He's a blue chipper. He can play the run well. He can rush the passer well. He can drop back into coverage well. To replace him, it's a combination. Can Andre Anthony get after the passer? Can Ray Thornton drop back in coverage and, and play mm-hmm. the run? Can Michael Divinity... You know, do a little bit of, of each of those things. It's it, you can't. No, no one player on this team can replace Caleb on Chase on, who's an all-world talent. So that's been an area they struggled in. But again, if LSU's defensive line was able to get some more pressure, that would ease up on the edge rushers a little bit. And that's I, I know that I know the coach O was so high on Chase on, he felt like he could set the sack record here at LSU. And that that was a talk all summer. Is Caleb on is in for a breakout sophomore season? And I think we knew that. You know, when Arden Key was, was finally out, um, it would be Chase On's time to shine. It's really unfortunate that he went down week one. And, and even though he didn't record his sack to the fourth quarter against Miami, he was after the quarterback all game. So I talk yep. about LSU not being able to finish. Chase On looked like he was in st- – at least he was putting that pressure on consistently week one. And it looked like that would be a theme throughout the season. So to lose him right away was tough. How are we looking offensively on the offensive line as far as recruiting is concerned? Recruiting, they have four offensive line commits, and I expect a fifth 
Uh, by the time December rolls it rolls around, they got Cardell Thomas, who's number one guard in the country, mm-hmm. uh, plays right guard for for Southern Lab. If Damian Lewis were to go to the I NFL, I like that kid, by the way. Oh yeah, it's, like hard, it's hard not to like him. I like him a lot. Is he like six three three thirty? Yeah, he's gonna have to you know shed some weight yeah. in the LSU weight program, but right. he's supposed to be a mid year enrollee. I expect him to, if Do, if Damian Lewis goes to the NFL, he's gonna try to he's steal gonna, that spot. Yeah. Um, you got Anthony Bradford out of Michigan, some Midwest recruiting. Um, he's a right tackle prospect, um, a, a bulldozer at right tackle, um, and obviously tackle is always a polarizing position for LSU recruiting. Mm-hmm. Charles Turner is a versatile center out of IMG. He's originally from Ohio. I think he could play center, guard, or tackle, but he's more of a project guy. He's really light right now. He's about 265 pounds, but to, to be taught under James Craig, you see how LSU's offensive line is quick studies right now under him. This guy is going to redshirt a year, but eventually going to compete for a center spot behind Cushenberry, maybe replace him eventually. And then Thomas Perry out of uh, Turlings, guy no one yeah. speaks about. He's a legacy. That's Adam Perry's son. Yes, yes yeah, sir. You know, Adam, Adam was a great uh, offensive guard himself. In I, way. And, and I love Thomas Perry's film. I yeah. think he plays like a, with a guard's mentality at left tackle. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see. if I, They've had him work out at left tackle here at LSU. Um, the one name I'll give you, and he's supposed to make the visit tonight, is Rustin's Ray Parker, 6'5", 265, 270. Um, he's getting recruited as a tight end, but it's very clear to see that yeah. LSU recruits guys, and they'll give him a chance to compete at tight end or H-back or whatever he wants to try. And if it doesn't work out, why don't you give left tackle a shot? Because you could be a first-round pick there one day if it all works out. You can make a lot of money protecting quarterbacks' blindsides. Um, Ray Parker is a very athletic left very athletic left tackle prospect, um, very high on LSU, and you see that athleticism as he plays tight end, but can come in and, and be a really stout offensive lineman for LSU. But look at what they got right now. They have a sophomore left tackle, Sadiq Charles, Austin Deculus, a sophomore right tackle. You got Adrian McGee, who's still here. Mm-hmm. Dar Rosenthal just made the move earlier this season, earlier this month. That dude has first-round pick at left tackle if he ever figures it all out, mm-hmm. learns the nuances of the position. Cam Wire was the number one lineman in the state a year ago. He was uh, 285 pounds coming out of East Ascension, if he learns it. They're getting real offensive tackles now to mold under yeah. James Craig, which is really intriguing. Yeah, you know, How, one of the, 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 the groups or positions that we were talking about was the offensive line, and mm-hmm. it sounds like we're stacking that up pretty mm-hmm. good going yeah, forward. Yeah, they've been hit hard there with injuries. Garrett Brumfield, how are they going to replace him? All week, it's been Chasen Hines who came in in spot duty against Auburn. Hines 57. Well. Hines 57 did yep. well against Auburn. I thought he, I, I, every time I watch his tape, I'm so impressed. For this is not a true freshman, yeah. but it is against La Tech. He dominated. He's a he's a bruiser. No pun intended. <laughs> at left guard, um, but there's been some talk. Donovan Campbell tweeted earlier today that he's going to start for LSU. Now, Coach O has not mentioned Donovan Campbell, the former four star out of Ponchatoula. But he's been on this team, and he's been waiting for this opportunity. It would not surprise me if maybe there's a combination where Damian Lewis played some left guard and maybe Donovan Campbell came in at right guard. And maybe along with Hines, 57, they rotated all three of those spots. Sam Spiegelman here, uh, TigerDetails.com, at Sam Spiegs on Twitter, hanging out on Tiger Tailgating. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, along with Sam. This is Tiger Tailgating here on WWL. Along with TigerDetail.com, Sam Spiegelman, at Sam Spiegs on Twitter. TigerDetails.com, give us a chance to... uh, Tell us a little bit about, you know, I know it's a subscription site, but what can they find there? You guys got great content from football, basketball, recruiting, even baseball. Yep. Yeah, you know, we got a, we got a cool team. Um, you know, I had a chance to, to meet Jimmy, Jimmy Smith, our publisher, and, and Jarrett Roser, my, my colleague, writer, um, at NOLA.com, you know, five, six, seven years ago. And 
you know, we stayed close, waiting for an opportunity to work together, and it, and it came together in uh, in May or June. And and honestly, this is the first time in a really long time where I, I my coworkers are, are better than I am. So it's it's just a, it's a unique opportunity with great writers, great intel, um, all in one spot. We we like you said, we we try to cover everything. Um, football is our specialty. Recruiting is our specialty, but. You know, Jared is so involved in so many different aspects of, of LSU and, and the entire state. Um, I like to think of myself as a South Louisiana expert and uh, in recruiting and, and LSU football. And Jimmy, oh. Jimmy's got more details than anyone I know. So it's a it's a really cool opportunity to, to write for y'all on the Rivals Network. And look, you can even get baseball news there, which you know LSU baseball, which is you know highly followed, et cetera. By the way, this LSU baseball team should be pretty pretty strong this year. Oh yeah, um, I know Jared. Um, Jared's been covering them so far. And I know he's anxious. I know he's excited for this basketball team this year. Obviously, there's some rough news in the last 24 hours, which yep. has been hard for, for a lot of us to absorb. Um, it, it really a travesty nationwide, to be perfectly honest. And um, but it's 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 a lot. It's exciting times for LSU besides just football. Finally, yeah, they have some general some general momentum, some real momentum with that that LSU basketball team. Yep. Um, getting back to LSU, Ole Miss, and, and, and in particular recruiting, when you look at the 2019 class that's projected to be what the, the best in the country, right? Among, among the best, right? I mean, it's, it, one to three, it's it's like it's pick your poison, whatever. Sure. Um, how much does Coach O have to do with this recruiting class? 100. Yeah. Uh, percent I don't. I can't remember a, a head coach that's that's so hands on like Coach O is. I mean, he talks about it every week, Sunday night power hour. Um, yeah. They 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 for an hour they call all of their top targets, um, pick their minds. I mean, mm-hmm. you just. I've never talked to so many high school recruits where they say, you know, Coach O takes a chance to, to text me before games or he texts me before my games and yeah. wishes me good luck. He's so hands-on. Um, and, you know, one thing that's been brought up, and he spoke about it with Bruce Feldman of The Athletic, is they're going by their staff's evaluations. They're not looking at, at our rivals' five stars. Right. They're going by what they see. And right. that's I think that's a staple of why they've been successful. Guys like Damian Lewis was a three-star, and he's been their most impressive interior lineman so right. far. And, right, right. Uh, Guys like Sadiq a couple of years. Sadiq was a three-star for most of the year, and they, he's a he's a franchise left tackle if you look at it now. And uh, it's the guys that they evaluated and they deem right fits for their system, and guys that are coachable and guys that really want to be Tigers. And I yeah. think that pride has a lot to do with it, and that's a staple of Coach O. And he promised to recruit well. Right now they're sitting, sitting I think, seventh in the country, and the way I anticipate them finishing should have them back on the national stage in that one through five spot. Yeah, look, he's Coach O has made his bones as a coach for his recruiting, recruiting prowess. Yep. And you're seeing things break, I think, a way that, that Coach O knew they would or thought thought they would when even all the noise around him was, ah, he's not the right guy. And, look, I was guilty of that to a degree. And I'm not ready to say, oh, definitively he is. But at this juncture with a 4-0 team and a, and a top and a possible national recruiting class that he's going to have in 2019, this is going to replenish the talent-depleted LSU Tigers. The, the 4-0 start, I don't think any, of us, any one of us would have – accurately predicted well, no. maybe, like i think we all thought they'd slip up at auburn um we always looked at tonight and, and next week is tough games against ole miss and florida and then obviously the tough stretch comes with georgia mississippi state and alabama coming to town but to start off 4-0 has as the, the momentum has been on the recruiting trail and as we enter october they have the number one player in the country committed Derek stingley jr mm-hmm. the number one wide receiver in the state committed trey palmer the number one linebacker in the state dante starks committed uh, they got the number one defensive lineman in next year's class, Jaquelin Roy, the number one quarterback in the state for next year, T.J. Finley committed. 
Um, they're in a good position with Ishmael Sopcher, who's the number six or seven player in the country, number one defensive lineman in the state. Um, they got Tyree and Davis committed, uh, rivals 250 running back, number two running back in the state. Cardell Thomas, who's a top ten talent in the entire country, committed. They're committed in October of their senior years, which only makes for an exciting finish with more national names, more headliners in the state, more headliners across the country. Do you like the early signing day now? Uh, I like it because it makes for a quieter national signing day where you can only focus on those handful of kids that, you know, at the beginning of each recruiting cycle, okay, well, these guys aren't going to make a decision until yep. February when the TV cameras are on them anyway. Um, and now, like, if a guy knows where they want to be, sign in December, get it out of the way, start preparing to, to yeah. go to school in yeah. January, get that out of the way. Um, and, and for LSU, if you don't want to sign with them in December, you're, you're, you're not coming. Only a few kids get that honor of, of committing and not signing in, in December. It's an inter- interesting take, but you need to show your loyalty to LSU. If you've been committed for eight months, you need to sign on the dotted line in December. That's something I like about this staff. We're going to show loyalty to you. You need to return the favor. Um, I expect about 20 to 21 to sign uh, right before Christmas. Uh, you'll get a couple of guys who are still uncommitted, pop to LSU on, on National Signing Day in December, and then over that, that you know that first Wednesday in February, you're going to have guys like Devontae Lee and, and Ishmael yeah. Sopcher and We'll see who else is still left. To, what other needs they have? Is it a second quarterback? Is it an edge rusher? Is it another wide receiver or running back? Um, it should be a riveting finish for LSU in the close. I know recruiting is your business, but it, the spectacle of it sometimes rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Does it? Does it? Same thing for you? It it depends. You know, getting a chance. You know, when I talk about a lot of these kids, I have a personal relationship with them and sure. their families or their high school coaches. So. You know, it's a different thing when they announce certain things or certain stories are written about them and maybe it doesn't put them in the best light because it's not always represented accurately. The kid might not be how he's being portrayed in the media always or how he's being portrayed on social media because the kid might not have even formulated his own tweet or or Instagram post. Someone might have done that for him. Sure. That's the spectacle part of it that I don't like. Of course. And social media adds a whole new element that you need to consider. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of these kids, for the most part, are really they're just kids and they're, That's they're all great they are. and what always impresses me is the maturity that they need to have instilled in them from 15 years Derek Stingley Jr. has been recruited by every program in the country from the time he was 15 years old and he's maintained a, an emotional and mental maturity throughout and he's never said a bad thing ever his coaches his, his family will all back that up you can't get him to say something bad or negative about a program just positive about the school he's committed to or the schools he's, com- he's considering and that's something I and a lot of these kids are now having to develop that a lot earlier on, and it, you see that with the way we cover them from the time that they're in tenth grades and moving forward. Yeah, wrapping it up next here with Sam Spiegelman of TigerDetails.com on Tiger Tailgating here on WWL. Winding down here on Tiger Tailgate. What'd you say, Herb? You had some potato that, salad. That chicken salad is a delicious. Yeah, from what turns, it certainly is. Yes, Sam Spiegelman, TigerDetails.com. Winding down with him. So, LSU. It's kind of been a running joke on the show today. I'm. I call a running away victory for LSU, you know, going, going away yeah. uh, 10, 12, 17 points. You see it that way? Yeah. I, I don't think they should have trouble um, as long as, I, again, I'll point to it again, defensive line. That's that's the way you slow down a dual-threat quarterback that can make plays with his arms and his legs. You contain him in the pocket, force him into some bad throws, mm-hmm. and that's how you take away these NFL-caliber wide receivers because Greedy Williams is going to have himself a field day if Jordan Tamu isn't, isn't on point today. Yeah, absolutely. And, 
also, I think the, the weather is going to be a factor in the game, or, or at least a, a slick field, if you will. Um, you know, it's it's one of those nights. I think it's going to be nostalgic, like you said. I, I mean, I think LSU is going to go blowing, you know, going away as well. I think the score is going to be 24-13 LSU at the end of the day. Um, you know, and it's 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 amazing. That's going to help those guys. That's going to be, you know, in the stands watching them, um, watching LSU. The guys who had not committed yet. Um, I think it's going to make a difference for those guys. I, I think you have to see LSU. We, I think we'd all, all three agree. We haven't seen LSU play a full 60 minutes, right? They haven't finished very well. Coach O has been talking about that every week at his monthly, monthly or Monday press conference of, yep. hey, we got to finish, we got to finish. You can you can go a long way in proving that point with a, with a decisive win over Ole Miss, but also a full 60 minutes. I think Ole Miss has their attention. I think that at times they've lacked, you know, they, they've lost their concentration. Clearly they did last week against La Tech. They did it against Southeastern. It's hard to get up for those games. Just look, I know everybody out there might say, "Well, how, what do you mean it's hard to play for LSU?" Look, it is hard. They will be up for Ole Miss. They will have they will have all the details, uh, you know, eyes dotted, uh, T's crossed. They will be ready for Ole Miss, and I don't think you'll see a, a lackluster uh, team that's not that's kind of out of focus. They're going for five and zero. Oh. Uh, they got an SEC team coming into their building for an eight fifteen. PM kickoff. Yes. yes, it's going to be electric. Yes, I think, like Herb said, with the weather, I think it's a it's a chance to be more physical than your SEC opponent, be mm-hmm. better than the guy across from you, mm-hmm. run the ball. I don't see Ole Miss's passing game, ex- you know, thriving in this kind of weather. This is a game for defense. It's a game for running the football, and that's where LSU is going to check both those boxes over Ole Miss tonight. I see maybe like 31-20 um, if Ole Miss can can get their offense going. But is it a chance for LSU to be more physical than their opponent? I think they can be. Sam okay. Spiegelman, TigerDetails.com. Yes. Check them out there. Thanks for the visit, man. Sam the man. Thanks for having me, guys. It, you bet. Before we push out of here, yes, I want to thank our on-site engineer, Todd Jacobson, back at Master Control, David Potter TJ. as well, and our executive producer, Diane Newman. Couldn't have done it as well without the help of Casey Wainwright. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick back next Saturday, but we'll be back on campus two weeks from today, LSU and Georgia for Tiger tailgating. LSU trying to get their fifth victory of the season. Stay 5-0, stay undefeated. This is Tiger Tailgating. I'm Christian Garrick, Semper Fi. I'm out. Herb, do you think, man? Hey, man. Hey, look, it's going down tonight. Uh, LSU, Ole Miss, LSU 24-13. Go tight. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.